The best quote I've come across on friendship says, there are friends, there is family, and then there are friends who become family. Ladies and gentlemen, what up? Welcome to this fine podcast that um, is focused on your self-growth and empowerment. I cannot thank you enough for you taking your time from whatever you're doing, wherever you are, uh, whether you're walking home, school, walking your dog, being bougie. <laughs> I would love to thank you immense and um, tell you that I'm filled with stupendous gratitude to bring this episode to you. As you all already know, uh, this this year started off on a roll and um, we have been, div- di- uh, rather we have been diving deep into the nuances of the book um, Welcome to Adulting by Jonathan Pokluder. And um, last episode, episode 17, we covered um, following your passion. So it was about how we how we are diluted by that, you know, simple phrase about following your passion. And um, the reaction was immense. I, I love every time that you share what you've learned from the podcast. If you simply agree, if you don't, I remember we are having a huge discussion on my WhatsApp with uh, a listener. And um, we, 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 we really got into the deep, you know, deep, deep conversation so fast. And that's, that's, that's what it's all about, you know, talking about things that we, you know, normally you wouldn't be taught in school or at work or wherever you are. And so in this episode, we are going to be talking about friends versus community. This is a subtopic or rather, yes, this is a subtopic covered in the book. Um, and it is under the topic of community. So, exactly. So, I have personally noticed uh, that in this day and age, we have a deluded understanding on what friendship is. So, this is simply because no one really equips us with the basic rudiments on friendship. And that's why I'm honored to bring this podcast to you. That's why I'm honored to create this episode and really try and really you know, jab your introspections, you know, get you into that mode where you're like, okay, so I didn't know about this, but now I know, right? So in the book, JP is emphatic on the fact that being alone is detrimental, right? And this is true because life, if you really think about it, like deeply about it, you realize that it is really all about relationships. I mean, let's be real. You you were born probably because two people came together, built a relationship, and from that, life cascades, right? So everything in the world is about relationships. So the, I like the way the book starts that way because most of us, when you are being, when you, you've noticed when you're being advised about friendship, the first thing that goes is don't have friends or it's okay to be alone. But now the book is so emphatic on the fact that being alone is not good at all so and 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 jp makes reference to to the bible for those of us who are staunch christians (laughs) and um you know he says verbatim in genesis 2 18 which says it is not good for the man to be alone hence the need you know for relationships so if you read the book which i recommend to each and every one of you jp talks about solitary confinement right and so I, I yo if you think about it i've never thought about this it's so basic but really think about it the worst form of punishment you know even employed in prisons is you know the confinement you being away from 
So in fact, in America, they build the prisons in deserts. So even though you run away, you cannot somehow get, you cannot see some sort of civilization. You know, you are away. And it even goes, it even gets worse if you make a mistake in prison, right? Because they put you like, I've watched movies where they put you in a chamber alone. It's dark, it's everything. So the worst form of punishment that anyone can be given is, is that sort of confinement. I remember there's a time we were, my dad, we were talking to my dad. And um, he was talking to me and my brothers, and he was telling he was telling us to imagine a scenario, right? That one day, just imagine yourself from wherever you are. Me, I always imagine it when I'm in school or when I'm at home. So I wake up. So it was, this is a scenario: you wake up, you you, it's oddly quiet, right? So 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 you 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 leave your room, go to the kitchen. No one is there. No one is preparing any kind of breakfast. You go to the dining room. There's no even breakfast. No one is there. You go to every other room in the house. And you realize, come on, I assume to a bit sitter, by the way. <laughs> and you realize there's no one else in the house, right? And then you leave the door. And immediately you start thinking, okay, so where's my family? You Maybe if you guys have cars parked outside, they're both there. But there's no one in the house, right? You go to the gate. I, akuna magariata, watchman, ayuko apo. Imagining such a situation gives you goosebumps, literally. Right? Because... As human beings, we are sensual human beings. We are social human beings. We, we, we are meant to be in relationships. And it, it, I mean, making even reference to the Bible, you know, <clears throat> God created man so that he needed companion and hence from him created woman, right? So there's something interesting that JP points out in the book that while solitary confinement is terrible, some free people willingly choose to isolate themselves. I don't know if you have noticed that. And don't get me wrong, it might not be even physical confinement. Okay, that's extreme, you know, that's prison extreme. But they may be even around people, but choose to keep distance rationally. It reminds me of the phenomenon or, or the phenomenon or difference of lonely and alone, right? Some of us can be alone, but not necessarily lonely. Some of us can be groups of people you know we are inter we are even in a group you know we're talking we're laughing but deep inside we are lonely right and so in a world where and this is captured in the book in a world where we are the most connected generation in history research has shown that um we especially the young adults are the loneliest uh, we are the loneliest people having no close relationships of any kind can you imagine just think about yourself as a young adult. Remember, this is who we are, right? And, um, you know, in fact, we have been quoted by JP in the book, and he, he, he likes to refer to us as the lonely generation, right? And he gives their statistics from um, research from the Duke University and University of Arizona. Maybe just read a few. Uh, between 1985 and 2004, the number of people saying they were no, they, they, there was no one with whom they discussed important matters nearly tripled. So get this, 24.6% of Americans reported that they had no confidence, even counting close family members. It's crazy. Another 19.6% said they had just one confidant, right? So you can imagine <laughs> in a world where we assume to be the most connected in terms of gadget, device, whatever, only one confidant that you can truly talk to. So more than 53.4% did not have any confidence outside their family, right? So you might wonder, 
And for me, when I was reading this, when I was reading the book, which again, I recommend to everyone, I was thinking, how is this possible, right? And it's this mentioned in the book. I mean, we are in a world where your neighbor literally lives 10 feet away. If I look outside the window of, uh, of, of our house, I, literally I can see the living room of my neighbor's house, right? We are like 10 feet away. We're in a world where... It, 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 I mean, everything is happening at the same time. It's such a frenetic, such a frenetic pace. And, you know, we are, you have someone next to, as in, it is crazy compared to generations where people used to spend time in the forest to hunt away from civilization, to hunt together. And they still come back to their families and involve society in celebration. But these days it's weird, right? So, your friend, in fact, who is even living away, is closer to you via your phone. We have the video chat and everything. However, um, JP explains that our extreme connectedness is part of the reason. Right? Let me just repeat that again. That our extreme connectedness is part of the reason why we lack true connections. I was reading online just the other day about tightening your circle. And it's, and I love that this 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 is also captured in the book. And I was reading this. I was preparing for my radio. I do radio on K Radio, and I was preparing for a topic I talk about. And one of, and the topic I, I I wanted to focus on is um the aspect of tightening your circle because it it is obvious that we crave being in a clique some some kind of. So you'd see young adults in campus walking huge groups, right? And there's some form of validation. There's some form of I love to call it toxic dopamine being released because you feel like you belong somewhere, right? As in nature, we we want to fit in. But um, I love one what one of my friends says, and she refers to herself as a misfit, right? She doesn't fit. So anyway, I was reading this online, and, and the article said that it is impossible to connect with your friends, quote-unquote, if you have them in large groups, right? So and this explains why the most boisterous characters, you know, those, the life of the party. And I'll tell you for a fact, I think I have been a victim or I've experienced this where I know I, so everyone knows me or, you know, I'm, I'm this vibe, I'm this guy, I'm Kivo, you know? And so it explains why these people are the most loneliest in, in our community and society because we all know them, but we don't know them. Right, So we all know that they are these kind of people, but we don't really know deeply what they're going through. And um, I was reading an article in the newspaper some time back, I think last year, and they were talking about comedians, entertainers being, why they, they end up, you know, perishing in terms of depression and everything. Because you see, you see them on TV, you feel like you even know them. They're always in large groups, but they don't have confidence. It's the same thing if you think about about us with social media and it is advisable for to develop friendships with a smaller number of friends right and it is sad because as a generation if i think about it we have been taught that your friendship status is 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 a measure of how many of how many online friends you have, how many online followers you have. And again, I, I like to refer to this as some dopamine, as some toxic dopamine. Think about it. The first thing that we do, which I love to talk about in, in the coming episode of this podcast and, uh, and about 
you know, your brain and everything. The first thing that you do probably when you wake up in the morning is take your phone, right? And that, by the way, it kills many of us. I'd, I'd advise you if you do that, the first thing, the first, in fact, the first hour of your morning, sh- you should never touch your phone. And so the first thing which I've also been affected is to hold your phone. And, and basically is to check how many likes did I get, how many people are texting me, you know? And, and it's so weird because they, it releases dopamine within us and you feel like, um, you know, it kind of gives you this vibe. It's, it's, it's like some kind of high, right? Now, it's different when you, when you actually wake up and realize no one texted you through the night because that, again, destroys your, your day just automatically. And so, hence why I refer to it as do, do, toxic dopamine. Because there are other ways you could do it. You could wake up, wake, wake up in the morning and move. The first thing you do is move, exercise, you know, just get your energy levels up, you know, meditate, reflect, and all that kind of stuff. So having understood that smaller groups are better than larger groups, it is important to distinguish between friends and what, in the book, JP refers to as a community. And hence why the friends versus community. So in the book, JP explains, and let me just read it, okay? So a community is a group of people who are committed to being part of your life, right? And seeking what's best for you, no matter what. They care enough for you to speak the truth to you, even if the truth is hard to hear, and love you enough to provide tough love if needed. So most friends really don't fully fit into that definition, right? And um, in fact, I have been told before that friendships are more often than not transactional, which um, it's, it's, it's kind of a quid pro quo kind of thing, just that's what Trump says. Anyway, so in the book, JP says that friendships are based on common interests and proximity. And I, I would love you to really listen to this. For example... If you have someone you work with or even a classmate and you, you, you realize or you just find out this, this, this person, we watch the same TV shows or we enjoy the same TV shows. Or even if you're in school and you find someone, oh, you're reading that book. I'm also reading that book. Immediately you start, you know, you, the most obvious thing to do would, to start talking about it, right? And, though, and so you start talking about it so much verve. You know, you even exchange contacts, you start binge-watching. So, these friendships, and it is very, you know, it's, it's highlighted in the book, they could, they could, you know, they could transmute into a community. But more often than not, they don't, all right? In fact, if your interests change, chances are you fall apart. Just think about it. Remember that time or how often, you've made that mistake, you know, you meet someone at an event, me, personally, I have, you meet someone at an event, and, or somewhere public, you know, whatever, and you start, and you start hitting off with them, you start talking, and conversations are building, and to some extent, you wonder, where have you been all my life, you know, because you're like, I, how comes I'm never, how comes I'm never known, you know, how comes you've never met, and so you get, this excitement, you know, your energy is above the roof. You exchange your contacts. You even start talking to some extent, you know, you start sharing pics. You talk, you talk on WhatsApp or online, whatever. But after, even the event is done. Yeah. Even 
after some time, barely even a month, you start realizing that you slowly drift apart. Like there's nothing more we can talk about, right? As long as we are not at the same event, all right, or we don't have more events, there's nothing more we can talk about. And the mistake comes in, or the worst part is that most of the time, we, and I want to really be emphatic on young adults, we invest in such relationships. You know, you meet someone even in a club and you think, oh my goodness, this is the friend I've been looking for, right? You invest so much in these relationships, but they end up hurting in the end. Because this is what happens. The brain doesn't realize the difference of imagination and reality. And I've been so emphatic on this point in my videos and sharing my wisdom with everyone out there. And most of the time what happens when you meet such people, immediately your brain starts imagining life with them, right? Even after and you start thinking, oh my goodness, so this guy, he watches the same um, TV show that I watch. You start imagining you guys even just watching the TV show, popcorn, whatever. And your mind becomes wild and you form this, let me say, future. In a way, it's like when you meet a girl and you and you and you attracted to her. The first thing is that you 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 probably have asked her out in your brain more often than not than when you actually do it. So the brain really doesn't know to differentiate imagination and reality. And so, you know, you 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 think that it's gonna be a bonding with you guys. You imagine ourselves with a person being so close. We forget that it is just about the common interest. You know, if you if you have a friend that you began your friendship by exchanging notes in class, that's just what it's going to be about because it's transactional. But don't forget, it could transmute to being a community. But more often than not, it does not, right? So there's a phrase, actually, that I've always been using. By I've, I've, I've been using, and by now... I realized that I have been abusing. Yeah, I've been abusing it. And the phrase is that people have expiry dates in your life. It could be true to some extent, right? People, there are people who just live your life, right? But it doesn't have to be that way. What if instead of friendships, we focused on having communities? Because trust me, I've been telling my friends who have drifted away from their friends that don't worry, people have expiry dates in your life. And I think that I've been abusing that phrase because... What we are not teaching each other is to create communities, is to have these bonds that are more than friendship. It's friendship, there's family, and then there is a friend who becomes family. So those are communities. So, do, so what does a community look like, right? So here it goes, right? And this is highlighted in the book, how to live out community. So what does the community look like? So that's a tricky question, JP says, and because it can take any... On many forms, right? But there are some commonalities that should be in every community. So for starters, it should be a small group of people. If it's a large group, you can't really get to know everyone deeply. And this is so true because normally as human beings, what we do is um, we mask or we form a personality with each and everyone who, with different people. For example, and especially strangers, people that we don't know deeply. You meet someone, you know, you meet the president today, you'll probably not be in a suit, do your best behavior, mannerisms. But however, if you have a small group of friends, you will always be candid with them. They'll always know 
what to get you on your birthday. They'll they'll know where you are at certain times. But what happens? Large group, you can't really connect with each and everyone. And think about it. You probably don't even have the time to, right? Because one of the requirements of living in a community is that you should invest time in it, right? So if you have a friend, invest time in them, right? So you can imagine if you have people like 20 people who you refer to you to as your close friends, bruv, it's going to exhaust you, right? It's the same problem as having a, a lot of friends. Having just two people will probably, again, be small to call a group, but it is better than having, you know, a lot of, a crowd. That's what I like to call it. So the second point is community should be intentional. It really happens by accident. You have to be intentional you know, intentionally trying to live as a community, you know, with your principles, whether it's biblical, whether it is, you know, you have staunch beliefs that you guys should be working hard in school. Because remember, again, community is about building each other, right? It's about seeking love, you know, loving each other candidly, you know, helping each other, calling out each other when you make mistakes. So just look at your clique, okay? Look at your close friends and and really examine within yourself do i am i really candid with these people right so another point is that you need to meet regularly which i i i I was emphatic about the time that you can't really be a part of each other's life if you rarely see each other in fact if you would see each other every day or talk each day that would probably be what we refer to as community and this is made easier today with our phones gadgets you know facetime calling texting that's where all that comes in. The other point is that be open and authentic, right? This is probably the hardest part for all of us, and that's highlighted in the book. You know, we are used to keeping our lives private and hiding some of our struggles, right? We can't be candid with people. I was listening to a podcast by Jay Shetty where he was talking about the um, why small talk hurts our brain, right? So we have all this small talk that really messes up, messes us up. So there's the aspect of being candid with people. The other one is, so the other one in the book is canceled biblically. And, I, and when I was reading, I realized it, okay, yeah, if you, if, I mean, if you're a Christian, definitely base your principles on the word of God. It's the most, you know, necessary thing to do. But beyond that, you know, have principles as a community. That's what the point basically emphasizes. Have principles that, you know, whatever we are doing for each other is right. Some of us have friends who, you only meet when you're going to the club, right? Some of us have friends that you strictly meet when you're in the library. Have you noticed? There are places you are friends for certain... And, and again, like I said, this is where we all get it wrong because you think that friend that I'm always with in the club or when I want to go party, I call, is the same friend who will be with me in the library. So we have to re- be really categorical. But now the community is there for you. <clears throat> Think of the community like this, basically. As you as you wind up, and let me just mention the last the last uh, the last uh, commonality. The goal is maturity. So by sharpening one another, you help each other overcome bad habits, right? So it's candidly about making each other's lives better, improving each other. And so think about it this way. Basically, a community. When you when you are looking for a community, think about your family, and then think of a friend who becomes family, right? Because there is family, of course, which your mom and dad should be your best best of friends. 
but that's not always the case because they're there for us they mean the best to us but there are to some extent there are things we can't open up t- to them but um and i am I, I would love that you know you as an individual make that conscious decision to break all those walls you know when you come to your to your family to your mom to your brothers that you can communicate and tell them anything literally right and then now this friend a friend is that person probably you're so candid with you're so outright with you probably won't call each other out on mistakes but what if that fr- that friend becomes the family now so you guys are candid you guys watch over each other you guys are accountable for each other and um you know life moves on and your life is filled with so much bliss because even what you 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 your intentions are is to basically improve each other and you'll never fear that anyone else doesn't have your back right so think about your family think of a friend who becomes family and then congratulations you found your community thank you so much for listening into the podcast i am so happy that i will be able to bless you with with a little wisdom that i'm learning each and every day remember the purpose of this is to share with you what i'm learning from these books i'm currently on my third or my fourth book um it's called um, think and grow rich yeah by napoleon hill and i'm enjoying it and i cannot wait to finish this book series we have more we have one more topic to cover on welcome to adulting and after that we head on to another bo- to another book at the same time i have been profiling people planning to shoot um the guest segment where we have stories from people which are inspiring we have interviews we have all that i am so excited to share it on 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 this platform remember if you haven't subscribed to the platform or from wherever you're listening to please do so if you haven't liked if you haven't left a review please do so it means a lot to me also post when you're listening to the podcast and let me know where you're listening from tag me and share it with your friend or not but just make sure that you keep it here kevin's pod thank you so much have a beautiful time that's all we have for this episode if you liked it be sure to share it with that kabesh day of yours but if you don't you can just as well keep it as your little secret just make sure that you're here for the next episode <laughs>